HP's Population Health IT solutions are creating convenience and choice for providers and patients. Building on over 50 years in health and life sciences, HP is delivering end-to-end solutions for remote care and in-home monitoring. Supporting the transition to home, chronic disease management, medication adherence, health education, and remote clinical trial monitoring. HP Fit Solutions, your single source for cost-effective, technology-enabled, remote care solutions, and financing services. Visit www.hp.com go slash healthcare. That's www.hp.com go slash healthcare for more details. In today's podcast on population health sponsored by HP, I had the privilege of connecting with Dr. Nick Patel. He's been a practicing internist for the past 16 years at Prisma Health's Midlands affiliate, Palmetto Health. It's the largest, most comprehensive locally owned nonprofit hospital system in South Carolina. Currently, he serves as the chief digital officer at Prisma Health and vice chair for innovation at USC Department of Medicine. Prior to his current role, He was the Executive Medical Director of Informatics at Palmetto Health USC Medical Group. He's given multiple presentations around the country in topics ranging from healthcare IT transformation, governance, workflow enhancements, health equity, telehealth, and population health. He spearheaded the largest first-of-its-kind Microsoft Surface Pilot in the nation to improve physician workflow, published in the International Journal of Medical Informatics. He's a subject matter expert for multiple Fortune 500 tech companies such as Hellwood Packard, Microsoft, and Intel. He's played an instrumental role in the acquisition of over 24 million of venture capital funding for healthcare startup companies like Indeed and ExoPixel. He developed a Bluetooth wireless transmitter and mobile application for the IoT-connected EKG device, and he co-led the efforts in the optimization and integration of Epic and Cerner at a major hospital system. He serves as a leader in defining and articulating a unique vision on the utilization and development of technology in healthcare. And he currently serves on multiple advisory boards that uh, are really focused on providing the best of healthcare and technology. It's uh, such a privilege to have held the discussion with him around population health and specifically around the category of remote patient monitoring. So Without further ado, uh, excited to showcase our conversation with Dr. Patel on this series on population health. So really appreciate you uh, joining us today, Dr. Patel. So glad you're here. It's a pleasure. Thank you for having me. As we mentioned in the, in the intro, today's conversation is really kind of broadly around value-based care, different ways of, of caring for patients, the chronically ill and beyond. And with that comes remote patient monitoring. We'll dive into that today in this, in this episode. But before we do, I'd love to learn more about you and, and what inspires your work in healthcare. Sure. Yeah, it's an interesting journey I've kind of been on. My path actually in healthcare started from a patient perspective. I got sick a lot as a child and uh, even had pneumonia requiring admission to a local hospital. And I remember um, the providers who took care of me there, as well as my local family doctor who took care of me on the outpatient side. And he was great. He spent a lot of time with me. He was explaining the pathophysiology of why I got so many ear infections and strep throats and tonsils and all these issues that I had. And that really started my love for science. And that led me uh, to become a provider. 
And I think he's one of the many providers I've met on my journey that inspired me to be an empathetic uh, healer and uh, to understand the science behind the decision making that's required to treat someone. That's really neat, you know, and um, I appreciate you sharing that, uh, Nick. It's, uh, it's inspiring to hear that your personal experience led you to want to heal others. So today you're doing things on a, on a patient basis, but also on a broader perspective at the system level. How are you in, in your practice and, and business adding value to the healthcare ecosystem? Yeah, there, there's so many changes occurring in healthcare industry in the 21st century. You know, I finished medical school in 2002, and I remember just that transition from going to paper chart to now electronic health records since the passage of the High Tech Act. And now we're about 10 plus years after that. And yep. you know, we're, we've gotten to a good stride with using this technology. But now we're focusing on not just getting that tech out there, but we're changing our mantra from just patient focus to more consumer focus. Although the two are the same from a care standpoint, as a consumer, we're focusing a lot more on a holistic consumer experience when they need our care, removing barriers such as to access with online scheduling, digitizing our check-in process, offering virtual care services, giving remote patient uh, monitoring devices so they can take home, we can monitor them home and aggregate that data and get insights so we can predict when they're going to get sick and keep them healthy. You've probably heard in the media is moving out of that sick care to wellness. Yes. And that's a huge part of a lot of what we're focusing on. A patient historically is meant when you see a patient in your office, they become a, you know, it's a person walks into your door, they automatically turn into a patient, either in the hospital, ER, wherever. And we treat them as a patient, as a subject of some illness that we have to fix versus mm -hmm. a consumer that has needs outside of just sickness, such as wellness, but also how to navigate that system when they really need it and, and remove those barriers. Some of these uh, tools are, are standardized in our workflows and trying to focus more on the outcomes, better outcomes and closing those care gaps. And a big one to really reach that is remote patient monitoring. If you have a lot of chronic disease, if you look at South Carolina, we're, we're top uh, in diabetes, hypertension, congestive heart failure, COPD. And our previous tools only allowed us to take care of them when they had an issue. Mm -hmm. So they got admitted for congestive heart failure, and then it got discharged to an ambulatory setting. And then they try to maintain the medications. But after they leave your office, you have no idea what's going on. You don't know if they're taking their meds. You don't know if they're watching their weight, they're exercising. And then they get, or when they're getting into trouble, if they're congestive heart failure patients getting and retaining too much fluid weight, then that's going to land them right back in the hospital. But with a connected weight scale, I can monitor that weight and using predictive analytics and the solutions that are out there, I can get an alert to the provider and say, hey, wait a minute, Mr. Smith is getting into trouble. Let's give him a call. Let's get him to take an extra Lasix pill, which is a fluid pill, to get some of this excess fluid out. And uh, there's studies over studies that show that early intervention significantly reduces hospitalization. And, uh, you know, been working on um, multiple uh, projects in this realm, and uh, we're deploying a huge uh, remote patient monitoring solution, as well as different devices that such as connected glucometers, weight scales, blood pressure cuffs. We're working on a great project with Hewlett-Packard and Wellcom to study hypertension and monitor patients with uncontrolled hypertension at home and set up an algorithm so that we can intervene earlier and do a control versus connected patient, per se, see which one does better. And I have a feeling the connected patient's going to do better. I mean, at, at the end of the day, 
Prisma Health as a whole, we hope to become better than 44th in the nation when it comes to health healthcare outcomes and cost. Love it. Yeah, you know, and the and the direction that these programs are taking, you know, is leading to improved outcomes. And wearing the the chief digital officer hat that you do, I'm sure you're thinking several steps ahead. And one of the biggest challenges that comes with these programs is is reimbursement for one mm-hmm. and how it fits into an older model, right? That that doesn't really account for these new technologies. What would you say is the is the best way to to tackle some of those those hurdles to use these technologies? Yeah, I mean, for me, being a clinician, you got to start with the problem first. Technology comes second, and we know that with value based care, we're incentivized to keep them out of the hospital. And even our thirty two thousand employees who are at one hundred percent risk for, we want to keep them in the ambulatory setting. We want to keep them outside of the hospital and getting sick. And so for us, even though there may not be any direct incentive from a payer standpoint, there are a whole bunch of indirects of uh, downstream revenue savings when you keep people healthy as well. It's just the right thing to do. And um, Medicare CMS has uh, really kind of led the charge to start to have codes out there for reimbursement for remote patient monitoring based on time and how much data comes through and how much you intervene per in a month that allows you to remotely monitor a patient and get reimbursed. And there's even, a, they even cover some of the technology fees uh, and overhead costs wired for that. So I think it's going to move that way. And the payers are incentivized themselves, right? I mean, if you look at Kaiser Permanente, 55% of their ambulatory visits are done virtually now because they're a payer provider organization. They know that it's much better to keep patients at home. They also have better ability for not losing, missing appointments and have improved adherence when you're taking care of the patient at home. So I think that it's going to move this direction. And, and that's one of the major ways to reduce the cost of healthcare in this country. Yeah, no, I think you hit the nail on the head there. And and I'm just curious what you guys do different and better than than what's available today. I mean, I think this stat that you mentioned with Kaiser is interesting. What are you guys doing that's different, that's working? Yeah, so we're working hard to make it a seamless journey for the consumer when they need our services. For example, for virtual care, we're deploying one seamless digital continuum of services. Uh, we're using data to drive the patient to the right type of visit, from an asynchronous visit to a synchronous visit using video, to saying, you know, this person has certain X chronic disease state. We need to send a home remote patient monitoring device to manage that. And as we're managing it, setting in thresholds to say, okay, Mr. Smith's weight is going up. Let's go ahead and call that person, or better yet, let's get on a, a video visit. I could see their legs. I could do a remote patient exam and assess that person at their house, and even bring in the caregivers into that. Sometimes a patient doesn't know and a lot about what they're doing, and so you have other caregivers that are helping navigate with them. And so with remote patient monitoring, it's really meeting the patient where they are. And uh, so we're trying to push it all together. So it's not five different applications that you have to click through or the provider has to use or we have to monitor and implement. We're putting into all one seamless solution. We can app switch between video versus asynchronous to, to just basic telephone and all that data being driven directly into our electronic health system. And we're building in the ability if, for example, that care coordinator in the video says, you know, you really need to be seen in the office, we automatically have online scheduling set up so that we are able to get that patient to a visit. And if needed, a higher level of care. One of the keys of things I think really changes what we're doing 
and sets us apart is that we're going to start using chatbots to serve as I, what I call automation glue in all these avenues of care because it's all disease-based and it learns and understands and has content that's around a lot of these RPM programs such as diabetes management, hypertension management, congestive health failure management. And you marry that with the same program that you have someone enrolled in for RPM. And we've also deployed a Prisma Go app, which has wayfinding with Gozio to help patients navigate the system. So it's really a one-stop shop for our Prisma Health Services is what we're trying wow. to do. That's pretty interesting. Uh, sounds like you guys are really tackling it from the consumer perspective and, and you're very focused on, on that. Companies today, you know, with, I don't know, you know, I think about Amazon and JPM and, and mm-hmm. Berkshire with that partnership and some of the other work that's being done with these virtual care clinics, you know, you guys are, are pretty ahead of the times with what you're doing compared to a lot of other health systems. Yeah, I think so. I mean, they're definitely, the, you know, one of the things as CDO, I got to meet some great people and networking and uh, they're on their journey and we're all helping each other and learning from that process. But it is a lot of work. There's no simple solution out there where you can click an executable and go, okay, it works now. Everything's integrated. Everything works. It is a significant amount of work and design on our part to link all the solutions together, as well as our IT and informatics team Mm -hmm. to carry that and bolt it onto the EHR and our network infrastructure and everything else and making sure it has a wrapper security around it, of course. You know, so it's a lot of work, but it's going to be, it's going to get us to where we want to be. It's going to really help our patients. And I think at the end of the day, it's not only going to improve outcomes, it's for us, it's going to drive patients to our organization because of what we're trying to do that's different from our competitors. And hopefully we'll make a dent in that 44th in the nation in regards to healthcare outcomes. Love it. Yeah. And you know, and it's, it's about, it's about easy, right? I mean, we, I order something on Amazon, it's easy. And um, it's creating that, that frictionless experience, right? Well, you bring up a great point. So population has changed, right? So the, this is the first time earlier, uh, actually it was the middle of last year is the first time ever where the millennials outnumbered the baby boomer population. So our population oh, is- Oh, is that right? Yeah. Oh, so our okay. population, yeah, our population oh, is changing. They, they expect the easy button, right? They <laughs> click yeah. and buy and uh, online everything with their smartphones and their Amazons and everything else and Netflix on demand. Everything's on demand. So we have to be ready to provide that. There's always going to be our baby boomer population that's going to require more traditional on-hand, on-site care. But even then, I see so many patients already ready to adopt this technology because if you think about it, you're taking care of your parents and that you want that technology to help your parents. So it's going to be, it's, it's needed. That We have to start thinking uh, different than what we've had uh, for the last 100 to 200 years of traditional uh, way of providing health care in this country. So I love it. And, and I think it's a, it's a great call out for everybody listening. What are you doing with your business in this healthcare ecosystem? And if you're a provider listening what are you doing with your business? Same question, right? And, right. and uh, you don't want to be the blockbuster. You right. know? The streaming is happening. Exactly. It is happening. And you got to think end to end about that too. I mean, moving away from hardware to cloud and mm-hmm. make sure you use data. It's important that in healthcare, one of the significant issues that we have is 80% of our data is unstructured data. It's not discrete data. It's not something I can click and understand and drill down right away. But we're moving towards that direction. As we design these digital tools, we're baking in data as uh, Mm -hmm. one of the foundational principles of how we're going to manage as patients. 
in the future. And we're, we're gathering the right type of data. For example, if you were one of our patients and, and is using our solution, you might have engaged with us for a chronic issue. You might engage with us for an acute issue. But in that time, you're going to answer a few questions that are going to let us know a lot about you. And for example, if that female, 45, 48, whatever, it's Breast Cancer Awareness Month, all of a sudden gets a push notification on her phone and goes, did you know it's Breast Cancer Awareness Month? Did you know that this is the rates of breast cancer and here's how you can prevent it? And based on your GPS location, click here, I'll show you everywhere within Prisma Health where you can go get a mammogram today or schedule it for the near future. That person then clicks in, orders it goes there, gets it, no paper, nothing to fill out, just walks in, gets it, and then gets a a report. And then on the back end, we get data saying the patient's doing well and it's normal. And if it's abnormal, here's what you do next. And you could do that with so many things, vaccinations, employment programs around wellness. There's there's a lot of stuff, mental health awareness, lots of things you can do around that. Love it. So Nick, tell me about maybe a story you want to share of a way that you guys have improved outcomes or, or made business better or, or more frictionless for the consumer. Yeah, we already see improvement in our patient surveys. We see higher volumes of new patients seeking care at our practices. We uh, are working on re- reducing our ER wait times. And, and overall, our, we've had more standardization in our workflow. We had a great project that we did uh, actually in partnership with Hewlett-Packard uh, about a year ago, where we one of the things that we do not do well in healthcare is give good patient education. So hmm. we, uh, with their devices, and um, we actually were gave, giving education right at bedside using 3D modeling, using video, really sitting there, having conversation with the patient. Say, so you're here for congestive heart failure. Did you know what that is? Here's what it is. And showing that from a pathophysiology standpoint, Kind of like when when I was a kid, my my family doc pulled out yeah. a you know a little 3D model of a heart, a plastic one mm-hmm. back then. But now I'm using 3D video. I'm able to manipulate that. I'm actually having the patient interact with my laptop because it's touch, touching the heart and go, oh, that's how the blood flows. That's why my heart is weak on this side, and that's why I get fluid in my mm-hmm. legs understanding that. And the survey showed significant patient satisfaction. They also reported better that they would now, they understand their disease state and that they're more likely to adhere to their treatment plan. So those those are just some some examples of what we're trying to do and the outcomes we've had. And I would imagine too, or I might be wrong, Dr. Patel, but you educate a consumer patient at the bedside and then they go home on on a remote patient monitoring plan. And now because they understand, they might adhere even more Absolutely. to the program. Absolutely. I mean, if you don't know what you have and, and doctors are just becoming pill pushers, no one's going to listen to you. And you're going to disenfranchise the patient. If you help them understand that you're not just one of the thousand people you see in a day, but you're, you're an individual with a healthcare issue and here's your treatment plan and let's work through it together. And there's no, And that's the key here. Work through it together. It's yeah. not a doctor push a pill, do this, do that. It needs to be a contractual agreement between patient and the provider. It cannot be just all provider telling the patient what to do. And this, this is where when you give a tool such a remote patient monitoring patient, you get to see how that patient's blood pressure is doing. You get to tell them, hey, look, your blood pressure is doing great. You give them some positive reinforcement. And if it's not doing well, here's what we're going to do to make it better. And this is why if you look at the industry, there's so much going around right now in wearables. There's, you know, what I call yeah. RPM for remote patient monitoring. We're looking at more FDA approved wearable devices versus what you'd go just go pick up in a pharmacy or your mm-hmm. Apple store or whatever, your Fitbit. These things are standardized and calibrated to what we're looking for. 
But that doesn't mean that the other tools that are consumer direct don't have importance. For example, if I had someone in diabetes and I really said, you know, I'm going to give you a $10 gift card if you do 3,000 steps a day for a week, Mm -hmm. then that's incentivized, right? I am getting their activity monitoring. I'm getting that information in and I get to use that data to kind of put that as part of their treatment plan. And so it is going to be a marriage of uh, private consumer devices as well as uh, FDA hospital devices that you need to take in all this data so you can give the patient more of a holistic view of where, how they're doing. Very, very interesting. Appreciate you sharing that. And, and if you reflect on, you've shared some of the successes, but if you reflect on some of the challenges, what would be one of the biggest setbacks you could recall? And, and what was the key learning from that? Yeah, that's... You always have to, in technology, you have to what I call rinse and repeat all the time. Mm-hmm. Funding and IT resources are always a struggle, especially when you have a, a large care, a large healthcare system aggressively expanding and, and adding services. It's a catch-22. You have to be able to learn. One of the things I've learned, you have to learn to be number one, you have to be flexible. Two, you have to design your systems to be and initiatives to scale. So from mm-hmm. small to big and, and, and with the limited amount of work effort. So if I take a 10,000 population and I want to expand it to 100,000, is that really going to stress the system anymore? Hopefully not. And so a transition to an agile organization is not an easy one, but you have to be patient and flexible to make it happen. But, you know, luckily we have a great set of folks that work at Prisma Health and great team that keep their head down and keep working. But, you know, there's always going to be setbacks. You know, there's no perfect technology. You'll have a technology that you've put a lot of effort in. And guess what? Two weeks later, they announced they're going bankrupt. And now you're like, okay, what do we do? So that happens. So it's very important to pick a good strategic partner when you're choosing different solutions that have good backing and that, you know, this is not a just a two-week startup that has a great idea. So that's one of the things you have to really make sure is that you work with what's tried and true. You work with people who have data to back up what they're selling. And if you're able to hopefully find good white papers and IRB studies to support the things that you're trying to deploy. Love it. Some great call-outs, Nick. Appreciate you, you highlighting those. Definitely some of the pitfalls and risks that go along with implementing new programs, new technologies. What would you say you're most excited about today? Being a, also a practicing provider in healthcare, you're constantly reminded how precious life is and how every day is a, is a gift. And I'm always excited every day when we tackle our spectrum of healthcare challenges. You know, I'm excited every day to get to work with a great team of folks dedicated to the trade craft and seeing all our new innovations coming out with our, in the United States and around the world to help us on our journey. And I'm excited that the fact that finally having a serious conversation about healthcare mm-hmm. and how we all have to take a part in solving it is not going to be solved by government. It's not going to be solved by healthcare system. It's going to be really solved by the patient and the provider and the systems and the government. We're all working together, but that's what gets me up in the morning. And that's why I love what I do. That's great. Well, you know, it's uh, inspiring to, to hear your story for one, going from a young man that, you know, had had health issues, you got entrenched, and now you're you're paying it forward in a big way. So love that you're doing what you're doing in, in a big way. One of the big things that we like to hear is the is the books the leaders we interview are, are reading. What would you recommend? God, there's one that I just read that was actually, it's called Tribal Leadership. And then there's another one called Trailblazer, who's a CEO by Mark Benikoff, who's the CEO of Salesforce that I'm in the middle of right now. But it just, I'm always inspired in this space by how much there is to learn, yes. always, 
that's one thing I love by healthcare. You'll never know everything. And in technology, sure, you won't know everything. But you get to meet people through events or their journey or their books that they put together. It is always amazing to me, their journey. And there's usually a lot of overlap of what most of us go through, but just their out-of-box thinking. And how do you adapt that sort of thinking into healthcare? Sometimes yeah. it's not even, it may be in a retail space. It may not be, you know, like if you read Steve Jobs' book, which I love, you know, how he started and what struggles he went through. People think of Steve Jobs as a billionaire, very successful, Apple and all those things. But man, he went through a lot starting in his garage and going through the corporate America and politics around corporate America and the red tape he had to go through. And the fact that he was eventually fired from his own company and then came back and, and took it to another level. So I think mm -hmm. that um, you just have to keep that in mind. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to trip over yourself. So some of the, a lot of these books and I uh, read a lot of uh, business, uh, Harvard Business Review journal articles, um, you know, just learning about Toby Cosgrove and his journey in leadership at Cleveland Clinic and others. So there's, there's definitely enough literature to go around. It's just finding time to read it all. Now I'm actually doing a lot of uh, the uh, books on tape, not so much tape, but yeah. you know, on your app, on your phone. So I listen to them. I'm a in big between, fan. Uh, yeah, I love it. Now I can listen to them in, uh, in between meetings or driving to a meeting or things of that nature. Yeah, no, that's so great. And and I kind of group podcasts into that as well. You know, with my audiobooks and podcasts, I'm able to download in a, in a good way. Man, good recommendations, uh, Dr. Patel, Tribal Leadership, Trailblazers by Mark yep. uh, Benioff. Some outstanding uh, reviews that followed. This has been fun, and I've really enjoyed getting to hear your perspective on remote patient monitoring and just overall, you know, doing better for the consumer in healthcare. I'd love if you could just leave us with the closing thought and the best place where the listeners could continue the conversation with you. Yeah, I mean, this has been great, so I appreciate you inviting me to take part in this. Uh, great talking to you, and, and and hopefully the listeners out there know that love what you do and do it with passion, and uh, I'm a Star Wars fan, so... I have to, my Yoda quote, which is do or do not, there is no try. And um, <laughs> pick an objective and, and hit it hard and do it with passion. That's what I recommend to anyone I meet. That's outstanding. I love the Yoda quote. And if the listeners would want to get in touch with you or, or follow you, what would be the best place to do that, Nick? Yeah, I, um, I have a LinkedIn account uh, under Nick Patel MD, as well as on Twitter at Nick Patel MD. That's relatively new. I don't have a bunch of followers, but I'll be Love to have them. Love Make, it. Uh, new connections. There you have it, folks. Follow Nick Patel MD on LinkedIn and also Twitter, and uh, it'd be the best place to connect with him. Again, Dr. Patel, just want to say thanks for your insights and looking forward to staying in touch. Great. Thank you so much. HP's Population Health IT solutions are creating convenience and choice for providers and patients. Building on over 50 years in health and life sciences, HP is delivering end-to-end -end solutions for remote care and in-home monitoring. Supporting the transition to home, chronic disease management, medication adherence, health education, and remote clinical trial monitoring. HP Fit Solutions, your single source for cost-effective, technology-enabled, remote care solutions, and financing services. Visit www.hp.com go slash healthcare. That's www.hp.com go slash healthcare for more details.